Thanks for tuning in to the Palm Beach Podcast, a weekly show highlighting people making a positive impact in our community. With your hosts, sports chiropractor and athletic trainer, Dr. James Spencer, photographer and art director, Mike Jones. Our show is brought to you by Pomp House Coffee Roasters, Opportunities in Delray Beach, and the Lotus Travel Company for retreats and tours in Palm Beach County. Hello, and welcome to the Palm Beach Podcast. My name is Mike Jones. I'm hanging out at Media Zone with a couple cool people. Dr. James Spencer, how are you doing today? Always a pleasure. Unfortunately, though, not sunny blue skies today, guys. It was very rainy today. But fortunately for us, I think we have a special guest in the studio. Yep, every time special guest. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys, for having me. Pleasure to be here. Why don't you uh, introduce the, yourself to the guests and uh, tell them a little bit about your business? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, my name is Danielle Maslany. I'm the CEO of DM Social Solutions. Am I looking here? I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know you're I'm good. There here. Um, I'm the CEO of DM Social Solutions, which is a full-service digital marketing agency. So we do everything from the beginning of your business when you're looking for things such as logos or branding, things of that nature, all the way to kind of rebranding websites and then content creation, social media management, and then everything on the back end, SEO, pay-per-click, things of that nature. How'd you get into it? Um, so if we rewind back kind of over the last <laughs> like 10 years through like college and kind of deciding, you know, when you're young, what you want to do and what area you want to pursue. When I was really young, um, I was obsessed with Susie Colbert. So I was like, wait, she gets to cover football and be on the sidelines. This is incredible. I want this job, which it kind of threw off my family because you can take my dad somewhere and he has no idea. You can be like, okay, we're at a football game. And he's like, all right, like, where's the free throw line? And you're like, oh, wrong sport. So, go sports. Yeah, so like, let's go team. So my parents have no sports affiliation. Neither of them played sports. I played every single sport. I was like that kid that came home with the flyer. I was like, I want to play this. But it didn't matter what the flyer was. Like, I wanted to play everything. My parents were like, you need to relax. But I, like, I grew up, I played softball, cheerleading, dance, dance gymnastics, um, jiu-jitsu, karate. I did everything. I tried soccer before, not my thing, but I did every single sport. So I just had like a natural love for sports. Um, fast forward, went to Temple, which is a top 10 journalism school, started studying journalism. I covered all the sports there, D1 sports, with my main focus on basketball and football. Okay. Taking it back to Susie Colbert, I really wanted to cover football. I got out on the sidelines and I was like, Okay, it's kind of boring, right? And then you have to go up, and then you're sitting there and you're waiting, you're watching the game from up top. You come back down, try to sneak in a quick interview, and then at the end, came onto basketball, fell in love, more like action, fast paced. And I was like, this is my vibe. This is where I feel comfortable. This is where I feel at home. Started really focusing on basketball. And then from there, um, well, at Temple, during my time at Temple, I created all their social media channels. I'm like, if we're doing this stuff, like, why are we doing it for ourselves? Like, let's put it out there. Like, let's let these teams and the hard work that we're doing behind the scenes have recognition. Created YouTube channels, um, Twitter, Facebook, everything. And that was early. That was early. Yeah. yeah. So I did that and we got like a decent following from the beginning. And it was like, it was just tough trying to keep up with every single sport. But then it was called Al Sports and it was kind of like our school video station, but we were the sports station and we just covered all of the sports. And then I started blasting it on Twitter, blasting it on Instagram, Facebook, and kind of building our following. 
So my first year there, I think we had like four people on Al Sports, including like reporters, anchors, writers, producers, everything. By my senior year, I think we had like 85 and there were tryouts. Wow. So I'm not 18. crediting all of yeah, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like it was substantial. People knew the awareness grew and definitely due to some social media. Got an internship with the Flyers. And while I was there, same thing. I not only did rinkside reporting, that was like my main thing, creating packages, interviewing the players, trying to really humanize them and show other sides to these players other than just, hey, they, you know, they're professional hockey players. So I did some really cool packages to humanize them. And again, everything on social. From there, went to the Orlando Magic, and I was part of their new media team. Mm -hmm. So I was their sideline reporter, but I also did pregame show, postgame show, and just packages like on every single thing that we did, whether it was charity or you know training in the beginning, practice, something that a player was specifically doing. Maybe they were you know had a special event that was tied to them personally. I covered everything and just put it out on everything. And the Magic during the time I was there, two thousand. 12, 13, 14, they were terrible. And the only thing uh -oh. we had, <laughs> they had like Victor Oladipo in his rookie year, yep. um, which was cool because I'd covered him during like uh, his college year. So it was kind of cool, even though IU beat Temple. So it was a little, a little, little better. Yeah. Still, he, still sore about that one. Huh? Well, my first day with the Magic, he walked up to me, he whispered in my ear, he goes, Yeah, we beat them out. So I was like, Get out of here. Yeah, I was so mad because they came back and beat Temple. So I was upset. Um, but yeah, we were. You know, when you have a team that's not playing well, but my, you know, my directions from the BOPS team, the business operations team was we need our rankings high for social media. So I was like, oh, my God, what do I do to get people to care about a team that's going to like win three games this year? Correct. So that's when I really like focused in, focused on analytics, diving down deep. How do I humanize these guys? How do I show something cool? How do I provide some humor if I'm going to follow a team? What do I want to see from that team? And I really kind of dove in and tried to find and highlight things that I thought were cool. And that's really when it started growing. What a learning experience, right? Incredible learning experience. Yeah. yeah. And it's a challenge, too, to like make something that sucks interesting to watch. You know, it really is. In the marketing world, I've had to like market legal courses. And I'm like, how do you make a law course fun on an ad or something? You know, so there is a lot that goes in. And I think you're right. Like, you have to tell the story of the people and the players, the brand, because sometimes it's not always like the front end isn't, isn't always great, especially yeah. if you're losing games or whatever it may be. Yeah. And you're like, how do we get people to watch this? There's a statistic. I can't remember the exact stat, but it's like 80% of people will, will remember something if it's a story. So I can just tell you a random fact, but if I tie a story to it, mm. you're going to remember it much more. So that's why I love humanizing a lot of things. And when we, for clients, that's what I'll do a lot, because some of them will just be posting out random pictures or posts or saying, buy stuff from me. But I'm like, let's see behind the scenes. How did you make this product? What goes into your day to day? What do you do when you wake up? Like, show me, show me what goes on behind the scenes of your business that makes it different than the other 50 people in your industry. It's an emotional attachment too, right? Oh, for sure. It, yeah. it drives that story or that creative relatability, which is it's part of the part of the deal. It's really cool. Yeah, you're building a brand at that point. Absolutely. You know, it's not yeah. just the logo that sells stuff. No. Yeah. Um, a brand is, encompasses so much more. So talk about DM now. How did that come to be in uh, you know, the naming? Because we laughed about that before, right? <laughs> we did, yeah. Yeah. So obviously my name Danielle Maslany. So I was like, okay, DM. And I did this like 
a while ago, I was like, okay, I just need a name. So I was like, direct message, Danielle Maslany at work, social solutions, which was kind of social media focused, but now we're a full digital agency. And we talked about it. I said, I wanted to rebrand, but I was like, it just makes sense. So my initials play off the direct message, which if you're on Instagram, the algorithm, they love Funny how DMs, that works. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the algorithm loves DMs. If you can like comment to somebody's story or you get them in there, especially if you're trying to make a sale, a direct message is really great. So it does work. I like that little play on words. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, um, you know, you are saying all the right things. Like if I'm a business listening, you know, before you said we don't take stock photos. And that was like the key to my heart from a marketing media guy because I see stock photos everywhere. So and I'm like, I remember that terrible stock photo on Shutterstock. I remember that. Uh, I don't think everyone knows that's a stock photo, but like you need to provide collateral for a business. And it's like so cool that you care that much where it's not like we're just going to plug and play. Like we're going to actually go and, and create all of this from scratch for you and you can grow with this. Absolutely. It's something it took me a little bit to learn is that not everybody is a match for business. So me and my company may not be a match for you and vice versa. Um, so it's really important when we start to work with a client, we'll say, okay, I'll go in and I meet them face to face and I see how they are and where they've progressed and where they're at with their business. If they're a startup, if they're a couple years in or all the way through and where they're at with their brand development and marketing needs and what they're kind of looking for and what their goals are. And sometimes you can see some people don't want to let up control of their business and that's not going to be a match or they're too hands on yeah. or they want to control everything. It's we have to find a happy medium and see if we're going to work together because it needs to be full trust. Like you're trusting us in, you know, promoting and running your business, commenting on your behalf. Like it's something serious. And if it were the shoe on the other foot, which I put myself in that situation all the time, I'd be like, hold on, why should I trust you? <laughs> right. So when we meet before we even talk any contracts, anything, I'll say, okay, give me every single marketing asset you have and everything you have online. So whether it be your website, your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, whatever social media handle you have, sure. we take whatever you have and then my team will go through it. We'll tell you which website links are broken, what is outdated, what services you have that you no longer offer. We'll go through your Instagram highlights and be like, these are from 93 weeks ago. We got to get these out. You have this photo. You no longer offer the service. So we go through and we do a full brand audit and then we give it to them and we're like, here's the stack of everything that's wrong. And then this is our plan of action. What we would do, let us know when you're ready to work with us. And then they're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we do really thorough. Before we get into anything, we just let them know, hey, this is what we would do. And if you're on board for us to improve all of that, we love it and let's get started. But some people will be like, well, let's just do one portion of it. And it's not always going to be a match because we've gotten to the point where we're way too busy and you know, we need to hire more, but I'm very meticulous with my employees. We want people that are strong and understand brands. And like you said, we talked in the beginning, I'm not going to use a stock photo, no. right? So I can take a stock photo of this, but if I put it with you, it's going to make much more sense. And although it's a great idea to scale, I think you lose the quality over quantity model. Oh, yes. Right. And you lose a little bit of that control. And that's something that just with what I do, I'm, I, I've recognized that as well. Like, I don't want to lose that aspect of things mm -hmm. and I'd rather charge a little bit more money and, and control the product versus growing too wild, right? Exactly. So it's cool to hear other, you know, young entrepreneurs doing the same. Yeah. So I spoke at an event. It was called Safe and Social. So it was a, you know, 
properly distanced event for female entrepreneurs. They spoke on the panel along with two other women. And um, after that, the influx that I got, I had about 40 people. I want to work with you. I want to work with you. Help me do this. Give me more information. And it was overwhelming. Sure. And I was already kind of too overwhelmed with how much new business was, has been coming in lately. So like you said, it's like, okay, we, we need to figure out who really fits our style and what brands that we can envision really growing and helping them really get to the level they want. So understanding their goals, seeing if that's something that we can help them with, and then saying, yes, I see your vision. I love your product, your business. Let's work together. And then you'll see other people. You're like, well, maybe come back to me in a year, <laughs> you know, but you have to, you have to be kind of choosy, you know, and, and timing and, is everything too. Oh, for sure. Right. It may yeah. just not be the right time for them because they may not be mature enough or realize the potential. And that's also just like a little interview process for you. Like, Hey, that client's going to be very emotionally draining. I can't take that on. I do currently have one of those clients. And uh, I mean, we could ask Brandon, we're not going to drop names, but you could say, Hey, who's our emotionally draining client? And he'll be like, think, um, but it's tough, you know, and I have clients on the West coast as well. So it's difficult for me to shut off. Mm -hmm. um, so I've now put a do not disturb on starting at 9 p.m. <laughs> on my phone you. because for you. I need that mental break. You know, I don't post people are like you never post on your personal stuff. And I'm like, I don't need to when you're doing it for 58 <laughs> other people. It's the last thing you want to do. Like, I don't care, guys. Like, I'll see you at Christmas for my family. You know, it's like, I don't have time to post. That's it's awesome. draining. I lived in Australia for five years after school. And so I, I had some clients and stuff over there and, and I get messages at like, you know, four in the morning and the same thing. It's like nine to five American USA time right now. You have to, but kudos to you, mental health too. <clears throat> yeah. kudos to you for saying no. You know, I think that's a lot of th uh, people have a hard time saying no. You want to be a yes guy. I think there's value to saying no. I really should have wrote some quotes down because I have so many in my office. I have like 85 post-its to the right of my desk. And I think it may be a Thomas Jefferson quote, but it's like, once you learn to say no, you will grow that much more. Now that's not verbatim, but it's something <laughs> along those lines. Like the power of saying no is, it's actually very powerful, you know, to just be like, I, I can't. And to touch on that, that's actually a book title, The Power of No. Is it really? Yeah. And and that's... I love books, so I'll have to check them yeah, out. Yeah. And that's really... Uh, your stock does grow, you know, because it, it creates the exclusivity of, oh, I can't get into them mm -hmm. or, or I can't work with them. And and more and more, it's it's almost more attractive, like a high school breakup. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, I want, like, I've got to work. Yeah, I've got to work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it's, it's cool. Again, yeah, just to reiterate what Mike said, like, yeah, saying no is also empowering for you too because you know if that is emotionally draining, it's taken away from the creative flow. Yeah, it really is. And Spence calls them energy vampires. It, oh, Correct. They just suck the life oh, out of you. Oh, it's good. Yeah. That's a good one, especially Another, with Halloween coming up. <laughs> Another good book. Yeah. The Energy Bus. The Energy Bus. Which is where that comes from. Okay, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm re I'm reading this book called Breathe right now. Um, Great book. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm only like seven pages past the intro, but as you can tell, I have like pulmonary issues. So um, <laughs> I worked with this guy Lance out of TPI the other day, and he's like, Lance, oh, Lance is a good buddy of ours. Know Lance. Oh, really? Yeah, I was with him and Jason last week, and he's like, wait a second, you need breathe. So I Amazoned it, and I'm like, I'm reading it. My friend was making fun of me. He's like, oh, you're learning to breathe? I've known I've known how to do this since I was born. I'm like, whatever. Like, sure. It's a really great book, though. Like, they're talking about your right nostril, left nostril, like how to relax if you isolate 
through your left nostril, through your right. I mean, this is more your realm, but. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Lance and Jason. Yeah, Bread and butter. <laughs> hey, boys. Yeah. That's awesome. Great guys. Yeah, yeah we'll see awesome. th- we'll see them in Orlando uh, hopefully next in February, right? For the PGA show again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it doesn't get canceled. Yeah. Don't jinx it. Oh, hey. I'm trying not to. <laughs> we'll sprinkle some good juju on that. I'd like so, to be there again this year. Although last year was freezing cold. It was. It was so it was cold. Brutal. I remember. One of my clients had an outdoor demonstration and I'm like there trying to like hold my gimbal and I'm like shaking. I'm like <laughs> and I'm from Philly, so yeah. I'm used to it being cold, but being down here my blood has thinned. I'm soft. I don't like if it's under 60 degree you're from south florida now you might as well just admit I'm a Floridian, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about uh like what's an ideal client for dm you know like who's the type of people the type of businesses is it a startup is it a mom and pop is it corporate america is it a mix how does that work for you guys yeah that's a really great question and i admittedly can say that i wasn't sure in the beginning it was just like i want to help people i want to see businesses grow um and some exciting news coming up for 2021 i've really focused in kind of everyone's talked about niching down and we really talk about that with our clients like okay you're doing this but let's find your niche and i was like well wait where's mine Mm -hmm. and i'm like well we don't need one we'll work with almost everybody you know but then i figured that out and i'm like no i don't when i've gone through the kind of interview process with these clients that I have it. So it has to be the right person, definitely not startups. I've worked with one or two and they're just not ready yet for this type of service. They're kind of in the beginning or maybe they can't afford this this service level. It just doesn't seem to be the right match with startups. So I'd say maybe a business that has gone through like the maturation period and kind of knows who their target clientele is, what their goals are. And it's not a goal of just, hey, we need to do stay in business for the first two, three years. These are people who, you know, have generated revenue, they're comfortable and they're like, okay, now I'm ready to grow to the next step. So I think it's people who are ready to take their business to the next step and people that recognize the power of social media and online marketing, but don't know how to really hone in on it. And that's when we like to take it like you have a great business, great product. Now let us just make it like wonderful and make you some more money. Um, But for me personally, I have a pretty strong sports background and I'm, we couldn't tell. <laughs> and I, I really have focused on that lately. And it kind of developed, I guess it's kind of a South Florida thing and a little bit mix of my boyfriend is that I now have about three or four pro golfers and like seven pro golf instructors and a couple country clubs. So I'm like this and these are my favorite clients to work on. So it's like, okay, am I creating something for this real estate client today or this? And then it's like when I get into the golf clients or sport aspects, I'm like so excited. My wheels, like the creativity, it's just like sparkles around me. I'm like, let's go. And, you know, I recognize that and I go, this makes sense. I'm going to do a sports and entertainment division. So for 2021, my company is launching a sports and entertainment division. This is the first I'm sharing that news. Heck yeah. So pretty exciting. Um, And that's where my focus is going to go. We're still going to work with all of our clients that we have. And the employees we have now, we're training to be in more of a management position and doing a lot of continuing education and kind of shadowing with me to understand the process and still similar goals, just different audience. but this is where my creative wheels are going to work better and something that just feels really right for me. So I'm super excited. Um, and that's kind of the direction we're going. Two things. Yeah. Cheers and congratulations <laughs> for having the self-awareness to realize that that's really what you want to do. Yeah. And for the sports and entertainment division. Cheers. Heck yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, like us over here at Media Zone, like we would be lying if it wasn't a playoff, like sport, the end zone, like being in the zone. 
um, you know, obviously us being sports guys as well. So maybe we can work out some partnership or we can be your photo video guys and Absolutely. we'll send you all the social media work that I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, awesome. Definitely. This is the type of people I would want to work with. Yeah. Sure. So, right? You know, you figure it out. You know their personalities. You're like, do I want to sit in a room with them or on the call with them for 20, 30 minutes? Do I want to hang out with them? Is it going to be fun capturing video and directing what I need? And when it's a good fit and it feels good, it just makes it, it doesn't feel like work, which is what I like. That's yeah, exactly what we're sure. saying here. I, I mean, does this feel like work? No, we're just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like a Friday night. It's weird that it's probably like light outside. Like, <laughs> just hanging out. That's awesome. Well, what do you think about Media Zone? <laughs> oh my God, this place is awesome. You saw me the moment I walked in. I was like, can I go grab the putter? The wheels are turning. <laughs> I was like, this is great. And then the green screen, like I just wanted to start tinkering and playing with stuff. And I was like holding back from putting it all on my Insta story for a second. I just uh -oh. wanted to kind of take it in for a moment. Oh, I will before uh, I leave. I know. Don't worry. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Don't worry. I do appreciate that though, just being in the moment. Moment. And, yeah. uh, you know, again, about the experience, that's what we're obviously all three of us are about. Doesn't matter what our business is and yeah. creating that unique kind of a uh, kind of experience for these people is is what brings them back and wants more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. No, I've uh, I caught wind of your podcast even before you reached out and we had a relationship before I have a terrible back and he's fixed me up a little bit. It was okay. weird because this morning I woke up and I'm like, my left leg. I was like, is this just because I'm going to see Doc today? Or, or is this actually because I was like lifting too much? We did Funny legs how that two works. Days ago. I know. I was like, wait, stop playing Placebo with me. Placebo effect going on, you know? Yeah, placebo effect. Yeah. Do you bring your table here? Hey, just uh, a quick funny. adjustment in between shows. Yeah. But no, I, I caught wind, like I said, prior to you even reaching out and I was like, wow, this is cool. Like I saw, you know, Jana mm -hmm. um, and a couple other friends on here. I'm like, this is great, you know? and I've cool. watched it and I think it's really awesome what you guys are doing not even I mean almost a year into it but how many episodes yeah now? you snuck in right before the oh, one year anniversary okay. so, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I was like announcing something I no you're have. good you're Sorry. good you're good so let's get you to thank some people how who do you want to say who got you to where you're at today oh wow definitely my parents right so um when I was five years old my brother and I were Irish twins were 10 and a half months apart um and I'm one of five kids so our family's like wow you know, it's wild in my house all the time. But when I was younger, um, they, the school said to my parents that my brother, like Stephen has like ADD, he needs focus, whatever. My parents are like, we're not putting a five-year-old on drugs. Like, I'm sorry, but them. no way. So they enrolled us in martial arts, karate, discipline. And I would say that karate really, and it sounds silly because people are like girls in karate, but I'm like, you have no idea. It taught me confidence. It taught me self-discipline, self-respect, respect for others, respect for elders. We would be standing in attention stance like this. And I remember my sensei saying, like, if you have an itch on your nose, like, don't touch it. If you itch it, you're doing 50 push-ups. So I was always like, uh-huh, I'm not moving. <laughs> but it was funny. My parents would make fun of me because in cheerleading, and be like, ready. And we'd be like, okay. And then yeah. in karate, we'd be like this. And I would get mixed up all the time because I was constantly running around doing 5,000 sports. So I'd say my parents for getting me in the martial arts field. Was and that Cobra Kai? <laughs> it was actually Tiger Shulman's karate. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and they made a, a fortune for, you know, five kids to attend. And um, I actually got earned a second degree black belt. I got my first degree black belt when I was 12. So I was like really into it. I was teaching classes when I was like 13, adult classes. So it, like martial arts definitely gave me a really strong foundation to be like, okay, even if you don't like doing this, discipline yourself, focus, hone in, and just do it. And clearly it's paid off. Yeah, for sure. Right, right. So it doesn't matter what they paid. 
Yeah. I mean, no, it's no. It's life, invaluable. Yeah, exactly. Like, invaluable. Exactly. Now you just kick ass in the business world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's funny because Brandon will always tell people like, she's a martial arts. Like she did jujitsu. She won like a gold in a Naga tournament. Like he'll brag about them. People are like, let me see your moves. And I'm like, it's not really like Get that. over it. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, you know what I mean? Like, you attack me in the street. Like I, you know, I'll put you in a knee bar or something. But like, you know, I don't like go around just like. I love like, it. Like karate chopping That's or so something. Funny. But it definitely the discipline. Um, incredible. So I definitely have to attribute um, a lot of my discipline to that. And I think discipline in business is, is super important. Parents and sports, huh? For sure. Absolutely. It's a good combo. Yeah. Where can we find you All online? My happy things. Um, so every single social media outlet is DM Social Solutions. And then if it's me personally, it's just Danielle Maslany. Should, they, should, they D, should they DM you? <laughs> not, not me personally. <laughs> okay. You can DM my business handle, but yeah. yeah. I keep my personal private. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Best let's get you luck. on that green screen sometime, you know? Yes, for sure. Cheers, Cheers guys. Cheers. You. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Palm Beach Podcast. Our show is brought to you by Pump House Coffee Roasters, Opportunities in Delray Beach, and the Lotus Travel Company for retreats and tours in Palm Beach County.